Amen. All right. So I'm going to dive right into this thing so we can get through, because I want to talk to you today about something that's very, 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 very important, as every Sunday message is. But this is something that, uh, that it's, um, it doesn't get talked about near enough. Now, we haven't talked, I do, I, I, I try to teach on this uh, about every four months, three or four months, because this is something very important. And I look back, and I haven't taught on it in a while, and God was like, hey, shh. You know, you need to bring, you need to put it back before the people because understanding what we're going to talk about today is key to your success just in life in general. And what we're going to talk about today is finances, all right? Now, so we're going to talk about money. So everybody go ahead and get their squirminess in there. You know, get on the edge of your seat, get back, get comfortable, let that sink in for a minute because typically when a pastor starts talking about money, you know, people's mind goes straight to, well, the pastor's trying to steal my money. They've either been hurt at some point or they've made, you know, or they've heard stories. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm not after your money. You guys know my heart. That's not my heart at all. But if I don't teach you the biblical principle, that will lead to your success, come on, you're never going to obtain them, right? So I have to, and I do this for your benefit, okay? And of course the churches, because it all goes together. But we're going to talk about that, understanding money. And I titled today's message, Giving Debt-Free. You see that little thing there? Most people's, most dream, the dream that most people have is to live debt-free. I mean, how many of you want to be debt-free? I think we all would, if you honestly would say so. You want to be debt-free. Well, if you want to be debt-free, then you've got to understand the biblical principles set in place by God, like what Miss Michelle was just talking about, about your giving. Right? Because if you're going to be debt-free, you've got giving is the central key to being debt-free. And we're going to talk about that. So don't just, don't just turn me off. If you've turned me off, go ahead and turn me back on. Because, see, so many people are stuck in the world's way of doing things concerning finances, right? And then look at, especially in the United States, and you guys know I've been all over the world, and I, and I have a lot of missionary friends all over the world, and, and, and it's different from in other countries than it is America. You know, we have a set financial system in America, and it's called, called, finance, it's called debt, all right? And, and, and it's called credit, and that system is not, it's not relevant in other nations. That is an American thing. But so many Americans think that is just the worldwide system, and it's not. And we'll talk about more than that. But what I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to understand is that you can be debt-free. You know, we have a lot of, of, especially younger people, and this isn't a jab at you guys. It's because you haven't been taught but a lot of the younger 20-year-olds and, and millennials and, and all of this, and, and I love all of you guys, but a lot of you think this idea of being debt-free is unrealistic. They think that's just not possible. It's because, and, and, and I'm here to tell you, it's possible. As a matter of fact, every Christian should be trying to attain that goal of being debt-free. Because, see, debt is just something to hold you back. Right? There are so many people that, that God has called to go on the mission field at a young age, and that, but at a young age, they, 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 they don't keep their flesh in control, and they pursue fleshly desires, not pursuing God to let Him lead them into those desires. And they go and they 
They, they feed those desires by going into debt. In other words, they're borrowing money to buy this. They need a motorcycle. They need a boat. They need a car. They need two cars. They need a bigger house. All of this. And now God's got a plan for them, and He's wanting to use them, and He's set a system in place that doesn't require debt, but yet He's wanting them to just trust in Him and listen to Him. But now because they got impatient and they went after the flesh and now they buried themselves in debt, God's like, I can't use you for seven years. You're in the trouble. I can't send you to China. I can't send you to Africa. Now, I'm going to be with you through this process, but I'm moving on. I'm going on to somebody else. See, so many people aren't walking out the plan of God for their life because they've attained debt. And they've lost the idea of, of that you can be debt-free. Now, now, all of that is a goal that we should have, and that everyone should be trying to attain it. And, and I want you to understand something. Because somebody asked me last week, they, they were like, how can you say that we can be debt-free? Well, I can say we can be debt-free because God's Word says it. Amen? And if we're going to live the Christian life as we should, fully trusting in God, our faith completely in God, right? then we're going to live according to His Scriptures, right? And everybody's probably heard Proverbs 22.7 at some point or another, right? Where the borrower is the servant to the lender. And that's just simply true. That is just simply true. And, 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 and you've got to remember something. Debt is not God's way. It's not God's way. He has placed systems for you. If you connect with Him and follow Him and follow His leadings, you will have the desires of your heart. Maybe not in your timing. Come on. That's where patience comes in. Right? And fully trust in God, but He will take care of you. Right? You've got to control this flesh. Right? But debt, think about it, debt is the world's system of finance. Now, who's the ruler of this world? Satan is the ruler of this world. So, better, in other words, it's a system devised by the devil itself to keep us people in bondage to the world. So, you've got to understand that. You know, and, well, Pastor, I just, I just want that boat. Well, have you talked to God about the boat? God wants you happy. You're his son or you're his daughter. He knows the desires of your heart. He probably placed the desire, that desire in there for you. Glory to God. And have you gone to God concerning the boat? Amen. And you've got to remember something. There was a reason Jesus came to the earth. Right when we talk about uh, uh, um, the, the 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 laws of this land and and and, and, and the worldly ways, well, Jesus came to redeem us from that. Right, Galatians three, thirteen and fourteen. He came to redeem us. He came to to put us in the right. Let's just go there. Galatians three, glory to God. Look at verse thirteen. This is this is so so. I'm going to read it out of the Passion because the Passion gives a little kick to it. And I love that. Verse 13, it says, Yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely as he became a curse in our place. For it is written, anyone, everyone who is hung upon the tree is cursed. He became our sacrifice for us, right? But verse 14 says, Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in Him all the blessings of Abraham, that's our covenant, can be poured out upon the Gentiles and now through faith we receive 
the promised Holy Spirit. Glory to God who lives in us. Guys, He redeemed us from those spiritual laws of poverty and of sickness and spiritual death from this earth. Glory to God. Thank God that He's made a way for you to succeed in every area. Every area, every area, including finances. Right? Every area, including finances. And all of this, walking in the covenant, understanding the blessings, you've got to do some things, guys. You've got to understand we have the covenant, right? But you've got to understand your money, right? And you've got to understand God's Word. And that's the two things. So, we, I mean, and, and not comp- you just got to, you got to have a relationship with God to where you're studying His Word, where He can allow the Holy Spirit to bring revelation of the Scripture to you. But you've got to understand some things about your money. And, and, and the very first thing you've got to do is you've got to learn to live according to Romans 13, 8. And it says, don't owe anything to anyone. Why? Because God wants you to be debt-free so that He can use you as He needs to use you Right? When he's leading you. Now listen, I'm not jabbing at anybody that has, has, has bills. I'm, please don't misunderstand me. I'm telling you that you're, there is a way that you can pursue the dream of being debt free. You know, when Michelle and I uh, used to do the uh, Dave Ramsey small groups, most of you have heard of him. He's, he's a financial guru that is just it's amazing and and, and his his push is to push everybody to be pet to be debt free pay cash for everything and it can be done tony's a walking testimony to that he sat in our class he got debt free how many years did it take tony how many years Three years, debt-free, just built him a new house right up here. Glory to God. But he followed those principles along with the principles God set in place. Glory to God. So you can do that. Now listen, if, you're, if you've got debt, and we've all had debt. I've had, I, I've been, we've been buried in debt. I remember when, when September, um, when 9-11 hit. Some of you aren't old enough to remember that. But I had a job where I was making, you know, at that time, about $70,000 a year. And we were living... To that point, we owed to that point. Now, we were living nice at that time. We had the things we wanted, and, and you know, we weren't wealthy, but we were very comfortable. And then 9-11 hit. The company cut my job the week, uh, about two weeks after that. And I went from 70 back down to about 42. But yet I was stretched to the 70. See, I was living in the world system. Guess what happened? The most horrible thing I've ever experienced in my life. We filed bankruptcy. I had to sit through that courtroom, and it was just horrible. It was horrible. Now, God was with me through it all. Now, we took on the debt ourselves, right? But I'll tell you something. We learned from that. We learned to get away from the world system, and everything we do now, we go to God first, and we stay connected with the systems that He put in place because He took every, He covered all the bases. He he wanted you blessed, so He made the covenant. He wanted you in heaven, so He sent Jesus here. He wanted you to walk in healing, so He sent Jesus to pay the price for that. And He wanted provision provided for you. He made a way for all of that, right? He set systems in place. And we just got to understand that those systems are there. But you know, money's a funny thing. It is a funny thing. It's funny. And it's, when you start talking about money, people squirm. They're like, you know, they want to sit on their pocketbook really hard. And, you know, and, 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 and people want to control their money their way. Right? And you have that right. God gave us free will to choose. 
But all God wants you to do is to connect with Him and fully trust Him concerning your finances. Because if you can't put God first in your finances, how are you going to put God first in everything else in your life? Amen? Because there's so many people that aren't doing the things that God wants them to do because he, they won't release their finances to them. And it's not about giving Him the money. Giving is a heart issue. God wants, you know, He created us for worship, and He loved us so much that, that through, He saw the path that we're going down because of the mistake Adam and Eve made, and then He sent His Son to redeem us, to give us our rightful standing back. In other words, He loved us so much, and we were not worthy, and we're not worthy now, but he, lo- he didn't care. He loved us. We've all made mistakes, been down those roads, and He loved us so much that He sent His Son to pay with His life to give us our rightful standing back. And He just wants us to... He gave us free will to choose. He don't want robots down here that He can control. He wanted you to choose to love Him just like He chose to love you regardless of your unworthy state. He just wants your heart to put Him first and to pursue Him and to put the things of the world aside. Trust Him. He's your source. Your job is not your source. He just blesses you with a career, blesses you with the skills, blesses you with a job so that you can be a blessing to his kingdom but it's a heart issue he wants to know you love him like he loves you it's not difficult we make it difficult right and so many people have so many people they they really don't even know how to use money it amazes me i was i was talking with a guy at a job the other day and 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 he was he was 22 and and he had he didn't know anything and he was asking to borrow some money. And I'd only, I don't know him other than just seeing him at the, at the job a couple of times. And, and, and he wanted to borrow some money. And I'm like, you don't have any money? And I know what he does. And what he does pays really well. So I'm like, where's your, where's your money? I mean, you know, you're making about $70,000 a year with that skilled trade that he was in. I said, where's your money? You're not married. You know, where's your money? Because, you know, I, I'm not just going to openly give, over, give away money. I'm going to poke a little bit. I want to know. Because if you're needing money at that point, what's wrong? Do I need to pray? Are you in a traumatic situation? Or are you just, it, it, it came down to he was just blowing his money. He was just spending, 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 spending. I wanted this for my car. I wanted that for my car. I wanted these clothes, that clothes, this clothes. And when it was gone, then he was just, he was reaching out for help. And that's the way so many people are that way. They don't understand how to use their money. And we learned this when we started working with the kids in Ukraine with our nonprofit. When we were doing life skills training over there, they had no concept of where money came from. You know, the government, the orphanage had fed them and clothed them, and, and they just knew that when they needed something, it may not always been the best, but they had something. They had food. They had what they needed. And, and then and as far as the world, they had no idea where the money came from. A lot of, Some of them did, but most of them didn't. They had no idea. And, and that's just, this is the mindset of a lot of people in our very nation today is they don't understand how, what to, to do with their money. I mean, you think about it. You can go literally go through high school, graduate high school. You can go to college, get a Ph.D., and never sit in a class that teaches you how to budget your checking account. And that's true. That's true. Now, there are classes out there, but you've got to choose to go through them, Right? The point is, is, is there's things that you need to do. And we wonder why people are so buried in debt. And America is one of the worst about the, when you look at the per capita, how many people versus the debt that we, we're walking around in. It's unbelievable, the amount of the debt. But that comes because so many people are only living in the world system. They're not putting the systems God put in place 
first in their life, right? Because if you stay connected to God's systems, then you'll have the desires of your heart in His timing. They don't always happen in your timing. See, that's where that patience, we were talking about patience last night, right? Patience is a hard one. That's a hard one. I used to be the most impatient person in the world, but God worked on me on that. It took some time. But God has systems in place for you to be happy. I mean, what father would want their child not to be happy? Come on. Every father would. Glory to God. I mean, if you really... You know, I was, te- I was talking with another pastor about this last week. We were just kind of bouncing some things around. He, he, he made a good point. He said, do you realize that... Because I, I love statistics, and, and he did too. And, and he, said, he said, do you realize that... And he read this statistic. 84% of Americans live in a house that they can't afford. They live in a house. I said, really? Never really thought about it. He said, yeah. And he, said, and he started reading me the... He said, yeah, they go, to the, they go to the finance company to buy the house. Well, how many of you know the finance company is not your friend? They're going to be nice, and they're going to give you coffee and all of this. And they, don't get, they don't love you. They don't, they're not your family. All right? The finance company's job is to get the loan approved. So the first thing they do is they get your income. Now, they want to know the, at most that you can bring in. And then they want to know, what do you show that you owe? Well, forget about the loan you may have over here with cousin so-and-so that's $700 a month. Oh, well, that's under the table. We don't have to show that, right? What are they doing? They're trying to get you in the most expensive house and to make the biggest loan that they can make. Glory to God. As long as you can show them that you can make that payment. Now, whether you make that payment or not, they don't care. Because you can go and five years later file bankruptcy, lose it, whatever, but they don't care. They got paid for making that deal. Same principle goes in with buying a car, right? <laughs> Jeremy doesn't do that, right? He's not the finance person anyway, so, right? <laughs> but your finance people are not your best friend. And then, well, the problem is, 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 is they bury people in these houses, just because you make $80,000 a year don't mean that you get a house that, that, that lines up exactly with $80,000 a year because you pay, it costs more. You've got to take everything into effect of what cost you, of living for you is. I mean, you've got to take your food, your groceries. They're not taking all of that into consideration. They don't care. They're trying to push a loan through. And, and the simple truth is, is they're not there to make sure you stay on budget. But people just want the, that bigger house or that, that bigger car or their, that bigger this or that. Their flesh starts to take over. Come on, we've all been there. I've done it. I know. Come on. Y'all look at me so holy like y'all are, oh, you know. Come on. I know y'all don't make the same mistakes I have, and I hope you don't. Lord, you got. But listen, they're not there to make sure you stay on budget. The point is, is it's your responsibility to go in that office with your budget and say, no, 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 no. This is the number that I'm reaching for. Because you've took the time to figure in food, to figure in clothes, to figure in maintenance, to figure in auto repairs, to figure, come on, to give every dollar a name. That's the way Dave Ramsey says you need to do it. Give, you, you need to know where your money's going. And you go to the finance company and you tell them, this is what we got to work with. This is what we're going to work with. We're going to stay in this budget. Because you know that's not going to bury you in a position that you cannot get out of. And so many people are there. Glory to God. And it's, see, it's, it's your responsibility. And it's your responsibility to learn how to use your money. Nobody's going to force you to learn how to use your money. And, it, and, and, and moms and dads, if you have children, start teaching them. 
Start to, see, people live this life thinking that, that, even Christians live this life thinking that, well, you know, they don't ever take full responsibility of their money. They don't take full responsibility. We're connecting with God and His systems. They just kind of go through life spending and doing it. Well, I got the money now. I'm going to buy this because I want it and this, that, and other. And, and then they just, they just think that, that, well, if the time comes when I get in trouble, I'll just go to God. God, help me. Now they're in a position of begging. I mean, you know, you don't go to God begging. Come on, you don't, he's got systems in place to prevent that, right? And we're talking about that here in just one second. You've got to make sure that you've got a budget. And you've got to make sure that budget lines up with the Word of God. You've got to make sure everything that you learn and you know about money is from God's leading you, and it comes from revelation knowledge that you've gained through the Holy Spirit from His Word. Come on. That's how you learn and you base and you spend your money according to what God's Word says. Not the world system. Not the world system. And some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, you know, if, I, if we don't follow the world system, then I just won't ever get a car. Well, why are you limiting God with those thoughts? Why are you limiting God with those words? I know people that have had houses given to them. I know people that have had cars. Many, many, many times I know people that have had cars given to them. Because they followed God's systems. God, they were connected with God, and they, were, they were, and they were sold out serving Him. He was first place in their life. Glory to God. And then God opened a door, and the blessings of God fell. The favor of God fell on them. Glory to God. And then they, and they, and they were given a house, or they were given a car. Right? And it can happen to anybody in here. And so you've got to open your mind and connect with God and learn to believe Him for that. For day. It's okay to believe God for a, for a house. Listen, if we can believe God for $50,000 to bring a group of orphans to America for a month, glory to God, and that we have three months to raise the 50000 then it happens every single time. Glory to God, because God led us and God has called us to do it and that's what God wanted to happen, glory to God, then you can believe Him for a hundred dollars $250,000 house. And listen, it don't always come as a complete free house. It's where the favor of God comes in. It can be a favorable deal. It can be a $250,000 home. and it, it can be anything. Don't limit God by what you're thinking. It can be somebody that just needs to sell it and they need to get out of it, and I'll take one ninety nine for it. Guess what? You just saved $50,000, $51,000 right there. The favor of God will fall. But first, you've got to connect with the systems, right? And that's what you... Because, see, too many people are trying to live only according to the world systems of debt. Let's take on debt to get what we want. But yet, God made a system for us, all right? And Michelle's been doing a fabulous job. And I'm going to talk about two. And if you get these two down, understand these two. Now, we've talked about them. We've touched on them here and there. But I'm going to really want to, I want to make sure you understand this. Because this is so very important. These two things are so very important. And please trust, I, please, I am not trying to get your money. And this is not a, an emotional service to try to get you to give more to the church because we're in a situation. Now, I'll be honest with you. We're not where we were since before COVID. We were built, you know, we started this church with nothing, guys. Emory Lashley gave us the first $500. And, and, and but God opened the door and, and all of you gave and, 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 and we went on and we're here now. 
But when COVID came, we, had a, we, were, we were building up an operating capital. I mean, you know, we, we have business. When you have a business, you need some operating capital. We didn't have any to start with, so you have to build that up. Because the operating capital is what helps this church help when tornadoes come and what helps when disaster happens or what helps when God tells us to go do this, feed the homeless. Or You see, if you, if you don't have that capital, you can't do it. God can't lead you. Now, when we built up a nice cushion. It wasn't where we, where we wanted it to be, but we were getting there. Then COVID came. Now, COVID affected a lot of churches. Now, a lot of them are rebounding now, including us. But through that process, our cushion disappeared. Matter of fact, we got down, and I'm just being honest with you. You know I'll be honest with you. And this isn't a, and isn't a plea to give me money or to give the church money. It's your church as much as it is mine. But we got down to where we were just operating, right? We're just paying the bills. And when you, if you're just paying the bills, how can God lead you to do more? Praise God. Well, all we did is we just buckled down and we changed our prayers and we did some things and we made some adjustments. We released every kind of, any kind of, we had storage units that we were renting. We shut them down. We put it all here and, and we just made whatever adjustments in the natural. We went after it in prayer and we're starting to build back up. Amen? Praise God. And we'll get back up because there's a vision right out there on that wall that God's called us to do. And not COVID or anything else is going to stop us. It may slow us down just like it slows a lot of people down. But it's not going to stop us. Now, in this, and this is not about trying to get you to give more in. Because you guys are great givers. You really are. This is a great giving church to be the size that it is. And I'm very honored to, to say that because I, and I have a lot of pastor friends that can't say that, right? And a lot of times that's the pastor's fault because he doesn't teach on the importance of tithing. And that is the first system God has in place. And Michelle has been doing a great job of digging in to that. All right? And tithing is where you, number one place you need to connect. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify some things on tithing today. All right? Because so many people have such mis, mis, misconceptions of what that means. In other words, they'll, and I fell victim to this. I did this, and I had to go back and repent because I was using my tithe for whatever I wanted it to use. And then God showed, he, he, he set me aside, and he said, let me show you something. Right? And, he, and thank God he did because I repented and got back straight. So the first thing you're going to do, if you're going to be debt-free, is you're going to obey the Word of God, right? So let's look at Malachi 3, verse 10. Most of you have all heard this. This is the faint, most famous uh, tithing scripture. Y'all have to bear with me. I'm getting used to using this iPad to preach from. But I like it because I can change translations. It makes it a lot easier there. All right. Malachi 3, verse 10. Uh, I'm going to read this out of the New Living. And it says, Bring all the tithe into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. Temples, this is his house, the church. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And I love this. He says, try it. Put me to the test. He said, you don't believe me? You try this. And I tell everybody that don't tithe. They don't, they don't believe in tithing or tithing is not for the day or the tithing this, that, and other. I, well, God says, try it. Try it for 30 days and see if, see if you don't see a difference in the, in the blessings and the favor of God in your life. Right? And it goes on to say that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake and all of those good things. And how many of you know we want the windows of heaven open in our lives? Right? 
But the tithe, God's first system, the reason God set the system in place is that He don't want your money. He wants to see your heart. And if you, if you can't connect your heart with God concerning your finances, then you're not where He needs you to be, right? Because He needs to be first place in every area of your life. And when, if we're going to walk out into the blessings of the covenant of Abraham, which God has called us to do, you need to be connected with Him, and you stay connected through the tithe. That's your number one way to stay connected. Are you tithing? All right? You need to ask yourself that. Don't, no, I'm, I'm not asking you, right? I don't look at who, who gives what in this church. I look at the final numbers. That's what I see. I need to know how to pray and what direction I need to go, right? But you've got to remember, tithing is the start. It lays the foundation not only for the church to operate, it lays the foundation for your financial success. Now, why did God call for the tithe? To provide for His house. See, this is the big misconception about tithing. Your tithe belongs to your local church. Alright? Your local church. Now, there's, the Scripture tells us, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to go through all of these because you can do your own research on it, but Scripture tells us, but wait a minute, tithe and offerings, they're two different things. Your tithe is not your offering. Please understand me on this because people, and you'll see what I'm talking about here in a minute, your offering is your seed. Now stay with me. But your tithe belongs to the church. Well, pastor, I feel led to give my tithes to the, to the church down here because they need windows and, and, and this, that, and other. Well, no, God wouldn't call you to pull your resources from your church to affect your church and the plan of what He's called it to do because He called all the people to be a part of that church why? To, because He's gifted you certain ways with business, with careers, so that you can financially support His house, so that it can do what He's called it to do. And He wouldn't pull that resource away to go help a church down the street. Now, I'm not saying you don't give that money, but that's where the offering comes in. The tithe goes to your local church. That's why when we have visitors here, we always let them know, hey, if, you, you know, if you're visiting with us, don't, you know, only give if you feel led. Because that money belongs to your home church. That money belongs to that church. It's not going in my pocket. It belongs to your church. So that you can fulfill the vision that God's called you to be a part of about being a part of that church because He called you to help support the church. Right? And, then, and He wouldn't pull that resource out to give it to another church. Right? That's where your offering comes in. Tithing is, and understanding the principles of tithing, when the people understand it, that's where you see the churches that are just, are just doing great things throughout the world. They have the resources. And, and, and I remember a pastor was talking about, uh, 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 there was a church here in Florida that the government literally, because of the stimulus checks, paid their church off. You know how they did it? They had about 1,500 members. I think it was 1,500 and something members. And they owed, I forget, it's close to about $230,000 on the, on the building, the build that they did. But they got together and they decided, as a church, we're going to tithe off of every single stimulus check. So not only did they pay the church off, they put about $60,000 in the operating capital back in there. They didn't give their stimulus check. They gave their 10% of the stimulus check. That's awesome. That's awesome. Praise God. 
Praise God. The tithe, is, that's your covenant connector to this house, your, your church. Now, if, and please understand, don't misunderstand me. If, if you feel led to give to something else, stick with me because I'm going to show you that's where the offering comes in. Because the offering is different than the tithe, right? And let me tell you something. You got, when it comes to your tithe, the world will try to take your tithe. They'll try to convince you every single way. Don't give to that church. Don't, you can't give. Look at your bills. I remember when we was going through Bible college, we were, and I've shared this story before, but it bears repeating. We, we were broke. We made stupid decisions, lost a lot of money. We thought we knew some things that we didn't know and got into investing in some property and this, that, and other, and it was a bad deal and lost every, just about lost everything that we had. All because we didn't put God first through the whole situation. We sat in the lawyer's office. We looked at each other and said, we'll make this work. Not one time did we go pray about it. We were really comfortable. The bank account was fat. We, I didn't work for a year. We were traveling. We were doing all this. Kind. We were thought we were something, right? And we never prayed about it. Never went to God. It just looked like a good deal in the natural. And we said, we'll make this work. Never consulted God one time. Never prayed about it one time. Boom, that deal went south. We lost nearly everything that we had. We didn't have anything. I mean, we were slicing bologna to eat. You remember that? Austin's probably like, that's why we were eating all that bologna. Yeah? That's why. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I made that decision. And I mean, it came down. I, I literally didn't have tuition. You know, they would allow you to pay your tuition monthly. I didn't have tuition. We, didn't, we were two, two, three, two or three months behind on rent. We didn't have groceries. And we, just, just a lot of, we were in a tough situation. We had to make a decision. It was like, I, I told her, I said, I'm, I'm praying about this. I'm thinking, because I know, I know where I can go to make money. I can go back home. I can go back to building houses. I, can go to, I know I can get back into the groove and I can make some money. And we can come back over this. Maybe we'll come back and go to college, finish college later, this, that, and other. But God said, no, I've called you for now. You're gonna, I called you for now. I don't want you to leave. And we're going to church, and I'm like, like she said, the bank account said, you don't have the money to tithe, but I'm staying connected. So we, we, we literally, we didn't have money to eat after church. And we had a little bit left in the refrigerator, not much. And so I had to make a decision, walking to church. And I made it walking to church that day. I was, I'm going to tell you, it was tough. I know what, it, what it's like when you get your back against the wall like that. And I said, I'm tithing. I'm tithing. I don't care. I'm tithing. God, you've got this. You've got me. And I'm tithing. Now, we, we only needed about $1,200 to get us out of the hole, the immediate hole that we were in. Doesn't sound like much. It was a lot to us then. And so I went in and I tithed. And it was just a communion message, not a special, powerful, encouraging message. It was just a, a typical communion message. Didn't think anything about it. And the pastor said, hey, you know, if you have a need, raise your hand. And I raised my hand. And then he asked the people around you, because this is a huge church. He said, go stand around them and pray. And I did. And the kids were all sitting there when I prayed. And nothing happened, you know. I'm like, okay, you know, thank you, sat down. And then at the end of service, when I stood up, there was a man standing at the end of the pew. He said, God told me to give you this. And he gave me a, a roll of $20 bills, rolled up just like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, never seen the guy before in my life. Don't know who he was. Still never figured out who he was. It doesn't matter. And I got that money, and he just took my hand like that, and he said, you have a blessed day. And I said, okay. And I'm, 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 I'm trying not to tear up. You know, men don't want to cry, you know. But, I mean, I, I was on the bottom, man. And, and that, that 1200 could have been $12 million to me at that point. And so we walked out. We always walked to church. We, 
we were walking because we were saving gas. We were walking home. All the kids were with me, and I couldn't stand it, you know. So we're out, we got out of the church parking lot, you know, and I, I counted it out, bringing me to tears now thinking about it. And all the kids were standing there. And it was, ele- was it $1,180? It was $20 less than we needed. I don't know. I, I went to God. I was like, how come it wasn't to $1,200? I don't know. You know? <laughs> really, that's why she said, we come to the conclusions, that's what we needed. Because it was. It was actually what we needed. But see, I had to make that choice. Am I going to tithe? Am I going to stay connected? Because it sure as, you know what, didn't look like I needed to. Because I was hungry. I was, I'm going to tell you, you get up and have a bologna sandwich for breakfast and then one for lunch and one for dinner. It's not very nourishing, right? It'll get you through. But you've got to learn that, that no matter what this world throws at you, you've got to stay connected. You've got to stay connected. So many people are walking in financial defeat because they're not connected or they're not using the tithe correctly or they're, or they're not, they're not uh, staying connected. They're kind of a little all over the place. You've got to stay connected with your tithe. Keep it in your local church. Keep it in your church, what God has called you to be a member of. Amen? Glory to God. And then ultimately... You know, when, the, when it comes down to it, no matter what the world throws, you tithe anyway. No matter what the circumstances, because we, we live by faith, not by the circumstances before us, right? And our trust is, like Michelle said, is completely in God. Amen. Now, that's the first thing you've got to do. You've got to make sure you're, you're connecting with the tithe. Now, I'm, I'm going to talk about offerings for a minute, because this is the big, mis- the big confusing thing. Well, what is the tithe and what is the offering? All right? And the offering is the second system God set in place. All right? And Philippians 4.19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We all have quoted this scripture at some point. We've been in a hard time, situations, you know, whatever. I'm behind on money, this, blah, 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 blah. And everybody picks this scripture up, and they grab it, and they go to God almost into a sense of hope. Please help me. Can't you see my situation? But remember, God's made a way for you get, to get out of every situation. But you've got to stay connected. So you can't go to God. I love what Austin said the other night when he was teaching about the, what are the two prayers that God can't answer? One's... Right? Absolutely. God can't answer those prayers. Did you hear him? When, he, when, when, when you ask him to do something that he's already done, God, God can't answer that prayer. He's already done it. And, and when you ask him to do something, what was that of That he told you to do. He did a great job teaching on the authority that we have when he's been teaching on our enemy on Wednesday night. If you don't know, Austin and Kaylee are interning, so that's where I'm trying to stir them up, make them think and answer questions. Glory to God. But listen, how is God going to supply all your needs? If he's made a way for you, Right, and you just you just going to him in a, in a in a desperate need of hope. Right, well, if he's going to provide for you, you need to know how he's going to provide for you. And if he's going to he's going to provide for all of your needs, what principle did he set in place to provide for all of your needs? The law, seed time, and harvest. You are going to reap what you sow. He set that in place. It was a natural law. It is a spiritual law. He set, he set the biggest example when he sowed Jesus into this earth. Come on, to reap all of us. What a harvest. Amen? That's how he's going to provide your needs. 
So, so your tithe is what connects you to the covenant, right? And your seed, your offering is your seed to sow for whatever you need. Amen? So if you're in a financial situation, see, so many people are going to God and they want Him to bless their situation, but they haven't sowed any financial seed. See, too many people are, are, are not giving. That's where giving comes in. This church gives. And I work with a lot of extremely wealthy people. And I would say 98% of them will quickly tell you that our businesses give a lot of money every year. We give. We give. And a lot of them will tell you. I've shared this story with you about the multimillionaire. They told me, he said, I don't understand it, but the more I give, it just comes right back. You've got to understand giving, right? And you, because when you give, you are sowing, I'm talking about finances now. You will reap whatever you sow, no matter what you're sowing. All right? You reap hate and confusion in your family, then you're going to reap that out of your family. You reap, same way with your employees if you're a boss at work. You know, if you want to you uh, uh, reap love from a relationship, you better be sowing some love. Right? But we're talking about finances today. If you're, need, if you're in a financial situation... Right, and you're needing a breakthrough, and you're needing you're believing God. A lot of us are go to God. I'm believing God for a financial breakthrough. I need I need such and such to get me out of this situation. Well, He wants to help you, and He will provide you. But are you planting any seed? Are you following His system that He set in place? Amen. See, that's that's a big question. You got to and, and under, miss, not understanding this is why it's, it's the very reason so many people have failed when it comes to using faith for finances. They're begging for help because of my traumatic situation that usually they got themselves in, been there, done that. Come on, I just shared the testimony, right? But but the, they go to God almost in, in a situation of just begging, and God's like, "I've set a system in place. You're not included. You're not a part of that system." Are you sowing financial seed? That's a big question, guys. What is financial seed? That's where God, this is why you've you got to follow that leading. When God moves on you to buy somebody's lunch, that's seed sown. When God moves on you to, to pay someone's power bill, that's seed sown. When God moves on you to pay two mortgage payments for somebody, seed sown. Right? And when you sow those seeds throughout the Scripture, it tells you you will reap whatsoever it is that you sow it. See, look with me at 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 9 and verse 6. And it says, remember, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. If you sowing sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly, right? But you've got to make sure that you're planting seed because you can't reap any kind of harvest without putting seed in the ground. It's just not going to happen. If you want tomatoes, what do you got to do? You've got to plant tomato seed. If you're in a financial situation and you need financial breakthrough, then you need to be sowing seed. That sounds so, 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 so unusual, but that's the way, that's the system God set in place. Throughout Scripture, he says, you reap what you sow. I'm going to provide for you, but are you sowing? Right? See, people think God's just a fairy tale up there, and he's just magically going to magically make something happen. And he can do whatever, but God uses the people of this earth to bless his kingdom. 
In other words, if you need finances, then he's going to move on somebody's heart to either give you the finances, and I've seen that happen many times. That's how we, how we, how we get, how we, um, our nonprofit operates, right? Or he's going to move on someone to give you an opportunity to make the money. Come on, sometimes you've got to get out there and work. Nothing wrong with that. I work every day hard sometimes, and that's okay. I seize those opportunities when I can, right? Provision comes not magically. It comes from the ways of this, from the people in this earth that God moves on their heart to help you. It's not going to magically happen, right? So get off your behind if you're in that situation and start looking. What door is God opening that I can make this money? What person is that God is moving me to get in contact with that may, have, may, may, may give me this money or this situation? And another thing is you need to know what you owe. If you're in financial trouble, how much do you need? Don't go to God begging for 10000 if you need to, right? Be, this is why I always encourage you guys to have a journal. Write down what it is that you... You need to know what you're praying for. Know what you're believing God for. You guys, there's responsibility that comes with walking the Christian walk. Take it. Use it. Glory to God. Amen. Now, the first thing you need to make sure... You need to make sure that you're, you're tithing, you're staying connected. We're there. And make sure that you're sowing financial seed. And let me just say this. Christians have got to learn to be more seed-minded instead of need-minded. All right? In other words, when a situation arises in your life and it looks like you're, you're in a situation and, they, and it can be something, oh, wow, I got, I got two months to pay this off and this thing's $900. I got to come up with this. God, I need this. Where can I sow some seed? And God will show you. He's looking for your heart. He's looking for your heart. And how many of you know this? God will give you the seed. Look, we're right there in 2 Corinthians. Go down to, I think it's verse 10. It said, for God is the one who provides the seed for the farmer. See, he's just looking for your heart. He'll give you the seed to sow. He won't, he, he's blessed you in some capacity. Use it to sow into the kingdom. Amen. Glory to God. And don't, don't be so, so focused on the need. Just start looking for the, how can I sow the seed? And guys, this becomes a lifestyle to you. This is the only way that Michelle and I could be here today. We established this, I don't know how many years ago. I didn't always live this way, but when I learned it, when God showed it to me, I was like, man, that's awesome. I'm always looking for areas to sow. My business, my church, this church, we sow. We sow. You do not know how many phone calls we get for people wanting, can you pay my power bill? Can we do this? Can you do that? Now I'm going to ask some questions. Because, you know, are you just trying to get money out of me? Right? Because that happens too. And there's a certain group of people that go around Auburn just hitting all the churches in Opelika. Right? But we still look for opportunities to sow. Sowing financial seed. And let me tell you this. When you sow your seed, be specific about your seed. What do I mean? Name your seed. Right? Because if you don't name your seed, like, so, say you're in a financial situation and you need $2,000, all right? And then you say, oh, God, you, you know my debt, you know my situation. I need $1,952. Be specific what you need. Don't just beg God. Tell him what you need. He knows what you need. But he want, God is a God of order, right? And you need to know what's going on in your life. Tell God, I'm believing you for this. I'm calling this money in. I'm believing it. And Father, I feel led by you to sow $50 financial seed into this person, into this church, and whatever. You, we, as you sow that seed, name it. 
As I sow this seed, I'm sowing this seed to call that money in, to call that $2,000 in. Why am I naming my seed? If you don't name your seed, you will never know when your harvest has arrived. You'll never know it. And somewhere along the lines, the enemy can get in there and steal your seed. And you'll never know it. You'll never know it. It's like Kaylee there. You know, she's, she's pretty good at farming. Not really, but she's my example today. And we'll just say that Kaylee found a bag of seeds. They didn't have a name on it. But she said, hey, I got some seeds. They're seeds. I'm going to plant them. She didn't have anywhere to plant them, so she goes over to Ham's house. Hey, Ham, I found these seeds. I don't know what they are. I'm going to plant them. He's looking at her like, really? You're going to plant them? You don't know what they are. Why are you going to plant them? I don't know. Something's going to come from them. I'm going to get a harvest of something. I'm going to plant them. And Ham said, okay, if you want them, whatever, you know, plant the seeds. So Kaylee digs a hole. She plants the seeds, right? She puts them in the ground, right? She, she's learning something here. You know, she's learning a lot. These interns are learning a lot. She, <laughs> she puts the seed in the ground. And she comes back a few months later. She's excited. It's time for her harvest, right? She comes in, and she comes back where she planted them. Hamp's there, and he's, she looks down. There's nothing there. And Hamp's just sitting there. What are you doing? She says, I'm coming for my harvest. Where's my harvest? And Hamp looks at her and says, what harvest? You don't know what you put in the ground. You don't know what you're looking for. You don't know. Hamp stole the harvest. He took, those, he took those cucumbers in, and he's eating them, Right? But because Kaylee did put, she planted seed, but she didn't know what she planted, right? She learned something, just like she learned with the cooking. The eggs go in the batter, not in the box. She learned when you put the seeds in the ground, you name the seed, right? Know what you're planting. No, <laughs> no seriously, though, know what you're planting. Be specific in your prayers when you go to God. Glory to God, it's very important. And if you, if you listen, this will become a lifestyle to you. And you'll find the favor of God and the blessings of God will fall on you in ways. You'll have parking places when you, you just can't explain it. Always a parking place up front. You'll have just a favorable deals when you're shopping. Favor, favor, favor. It just, it just, and, and the more you do it, it just naturally happens. And just, I have a pastor friend of mine that he had a, he had a motorcycle, a Harley, and he was, he was believing God. You know, he could have went and bought one and went in debt for it, but he was believing God for another one. It won a little bit bigger and about $7,000 more than the one he had. And so he had the motorcycle, and he went to God, and he said, God, I really, you know, this is a desire of my heart. You said, that you'll help me. I can have the desires of my heart. And he started using the biblical principles. God, where can I sow seed? So God moved on his heart to give his motorcycle away. So he gave it to a businessman in Texas. And he knew the businessman somewhat, not, 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 not really close. So he gave the motorcycle. The guy came, picked it up, took it back. About four months later, that pastor got a phone call from the local sheriff's department there in town. He said, hey, you know what? We found your motorcycle. We run the VIN, the tag number. It's registered to you. It's sitting in a parking lot here. Been here for three weeks. You need to come get it or we're going to impound it. And the pastor says, wait a minute. He said, I gave that motorcycle to such and such, so and so. And the sheriff said, well, that guy, his business went under and he's no longer here. Now look, and he told him, he said, your motorcycle's sitting in the parking lot. If you don't come get it, we're taking it. So he's like, oh my gosh, you know. The guy never changed the name, the, the title, or you know, retitled it or anything. So he, got, he and a buddy got a pickup truck and drove down there. And he had a key left over from when he, before he gave it to him. And he put the key in, it cranked right up. He drove it right up on his trailer. And they boogity boogity back to Alabama. His motorcycle came back home. 
He gave it away obediently. But why is that, why is that a big deal? Well, see, he sowed that seed to reap a harvest. And it wasn't to get the motorcycle back. It was to get a better motorcycle. Well, the week after he sowed that seed, another minister called him out of Florida and said, you know what, I got a motorcycle that I'm not using anymore, and I don't know why. I said, he said, I know you've got yours. He said, I just feel led to give you this motorcycle. Now, this pastor, never, they never communicated any of this. God just put it on that minister's heart. And so he sold up that, the same exact motorcycle that he was believing God for. He got it, and not only that, because of his willingness to give and his connection with God, his other motorcycle came back to him. Glory to God. Now he's got two. Now him and Mama can just ride all they want. I mean, glory to God. But it just naturally happens when you understand God's principle of giving. If you're in a financial hole, know what you need to get out of it. And don't go to God just begging for that money. Go to him and say, where can I sow some seed? Right? Where can I sow some seed? It can be a cup of coffee. God's looking for your heart. And if you don't have the seed, you remind God of 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10. God just says that you will give me the seed. You give me the seed, and I'll sow that seed, bless God, but I'm believing God for this money to come in and take care of this situation. Guys, and it becomes a process. It becomes a lifestyle. It's called the lifestyle of faith. Amen? And make sure that when you sow, make sure that you name that seed so you know when that harvest comes in. Well, that harvest is there. That's done. What's next? What's next? Right? When God drops on your heart, well, I need you to start an organization that feeds the homeless. You're going to need about $250,000 to do that. Well, pass. Well, well, and you're sitting there, well, God, I only make $32,000 a year and I'm having to pay my bills and all of that. Well, no, don't take that attitude. Take it, well, all right, God, I feel led to do that. You want me to do it? I'll do it. You, you, you claim it by faith. I'll do it. Bless God. Now, where can I sow seed? Because I need a quarter million to get this started. I need to start sowing. Now, you may have to sow some bigger seeds. Amen. Been there, done that. Right? And usually when it's sowing big seeds, that's when people draw back, you know. Ooh, $10,000. I tell you, this, this, when you understand these principles and you start applying them to your life, I remember we were, I'm closing with this, I promise. But we were, because uh, she's looking at me like I'm going to kill you. No, I'm just kidding. We, we were raising for uh, a, a group of orphans to come. You know, I, I, I shared with you before, those Price ranges can be around thirty-five to fifty thousand, depending on whatever. And we have a short window to do it. So we were. It was time to play for the airfare, and I think airfare was about twelve thousand dollars, and we didn't have the twelve thousand because we had gotten visas and all the documents and all that for the kids. And it was time to pay. I mean, it was time. The uh, the uh, the uh, travel agent was like, "Hey, we got to have that tomorrow. You know, we need that money." So we didn't have it. We had about two thousand, a little over two thousand dollars left. And we're like, all right, so what do you do? You know, do you run panic or what do you do? Well, we went to God. And we reminded him, God, I've sown my seed. I'm doing what you called me to do. And you, you know the situation. And we need that $12,000. We need it tomorrow. You know, and God always seems to be a God of on time and not before, you know. Kind of, I don't know why. I guess it's to keep you close and, and, and close to him. And so we were praying, and we're like, you know, we, we, we understand your principles. We put them to practice, and we, we expect we, that money's coming. And we were sitting there, and we looking at each other. You know, in a kind of a way, you kind of look at each other like, oh, my gosh. You know, God's got to show up, you know. And even though he's done it many times. And so that day, that same day, we got a phone call from a particular power company that had a, a foundation that wanted to donate to our our organization for what we were doing. And they wanted to give us $10,000. Now, 
And, and we were like, yes, you know, cha-ching. And all of this happened within a, a, a number of hours. And they said, well, you know, we'll, we'll cut the check and, and we'll get it in the mail. You ought to get it in, you know, the next four or five days. And we were like, oh, my, no, we need that check tomorrow. Well, we didn't know this power company. We didn't know them. And we, she explained the situation. Well, you know what? We really got to play airfare tomorrow. The lady said, I'll drive it to you. She said, I'm coming through Auburn tomorrow. So I'll get it to you first thing in the morning and you can get it to the bank. So she left Birmingham, drove down, gave us the check. She made it to the bank because we had a relationship with our bank and because of the power company, who it was, they didn't put any holds on it. Long story short, we paid the airfare. God showed up on time. Why is that a big deal? It's because we were connected. We were following his systems. And because of that, the blessings of God fell on us because we were doing what he wanted us to do. And it fell on us. And the favor fell in such a way that it happened in just a strange, unusual way. But it happened. Amen. And he'll do the same for you. He'll do the same for anybody. As long as you're putting him first, pursuing the plan that he has for your life. Come on. And you're staying connected. Are you tithing? Like you should. Right? And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to, this isn't a jab at ever anybody. Because I know statistically you'll only have, and this is, this is, I'll just, you know, I'll tell you like it is. Statistically in America now, only 47% of ch- your church members tithe. If everybody tithe, and I'm not saying that's the case here, I'm just saying in the big C church general. If the, if the entire body of Christ tithe, as God intended everyone to tithe, there's nothing the body of Christ couldn't do. Nothing. 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 Glory to God. So you want to make sure you're connected first by tithing and make sure you're sowing seed to reap a harvest. Amen.